thanks for tuning in today. We are broadcasting live from Blue Water this morning. And uh, we asked Brother Larry Driggers if he would open in prayer. So join us in prayer as we open our service this morning. Brother Larry. Holy Father, we come before you this morning, God, knowing that you have everything in your hands, Lord. And you, you, you see everything. You see the future, Lord, and you know, God. So us being close to you is the place to be, Lord. We ask that you just, just receive our word and worship God and just uh, allow your spirit to flow through this uh, system, Lord, and it can reach people's hearts, God, and spur up what you want to be uh, spurred up in the hearts, Lord, and stir them, God, and let them see, God, what, what you are in control and how you're in control of everything, no matter what goes on, you're still in control and you're sitting on the throne and that you will have the word, Lord. We ask that you'll just move in everything that we do here and touch each and every person that, that tunes into this broadcast, Lord God. Just touch them in a way that only you can do, Lord God. And you know the future, Lord, that's, that's, you see what's coming. And we ask that you'll reveal things to each and every person that will enter in to your holy place and listen to you and, and, and be worthy of your word, God. People that are not proud, but people that are humble themselves before you and love you, Lord God, like we're supposed to, so we can fit in the body of Christ that you're coming back for, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. This morning we're going to be in, uh, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 27. The title, if you want a title, I'll give you a title. The title is Thou Sayest. And what we're going to be talking about today is the power of death and life in your tongue, that the things that you say literally steer the ship and influence the future. Your future, yes, the future of the person you are talking to and everybody that's in the boat with you. So, man, I could, there are so many scriptures, and I bet some of our Bible scholars are thinking, Oh, that this verse and that verse. So write them down, text them, uh, to comment on the on this if you can. I I, didn't, I still don't understand if you can comment, but if you're on Band app or if you see this someplace where you can comment, or if you can leave us a voice message with your uh, comments and thoughts, um, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear what what the Lord is speaking to you as well through as you are hearing the Word of God go out this morning, and. And what, if God has touched your heart, if you decide to give your life to the Lord this morning, I really want to hear about that. I really want to know what God is doing in your life. And I would like, you know, as Brother Larry was praying, I was thinking about, or just hearing what, what the Spirit was saying, that the future, you know, your future is already written down. God already has a plan, but you have a free will and you have to get on His track. So unless you're on God's plan and God's track, please don't go around saying, um, everything is part of God's plan for my life because some of you are going through things that are not part of God's plan for you, for your life. Can I get a witness? I got a live audience this morning. Praise God. And so we need to know that we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, that you have turned from this world, repented, and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that you don't find yourself uh, lost and undone, that you don't find yourself in a place where you, where there is no hope. On this side of, of death, there is still hope. As long as you are alive, there is still hope. You can always call on the name of Jesus, but you're not promised your next breath. You're not promised the next that you're going to wake up in the morning, but you are promised that if you call upon the name of the Lord that you shall be saved. Give your life to him today. Endure with him unto the end. He said he will go with you unto the end. Let him see you through. In Jesus' name. Somebody need to hear that this morning. If you receive it, please Drop us a note. Let us know. We want to hear from you. All right. Praise God. So we're in Matthew chapter 27, and the message is called, Thou Sayest. Now, the Lord is speaking. The Lord Jesus Christ has been brought before Pontius Pilate here, and, he, and then he's brought um, a lot of things have transpired through the night, and here um, he's been forsaken by the disciples. He's been left on his own.
all alone pretty much. If you if you were in his shoes, if you were in the situation that Jesus was in right then, you would be saying, oh, I'm all alone in this world. I don't have a hope. Nobody loves me. All my friends have forsaken me. Where is my family? Where is everybody? But Jesus knew whom he served. He knew whom he believed in. He knew the Father, and he knew him intimately, and it is for us to have a close, intimate relationship with God the Father. That's why Jesus went through all of these things. They call it the passion of Christ when you look at these these uh, last verse, last chapters of, of, uh, of the Gospels. It's the passion that Jesus Christ had, the joy and the love that he had for us, that he willingly laid down his life and willingly took those 39 stripes and willingly took, let them spit on his face and curse him and do all these things that they did there. And you'll see it in, verse, in chapter 26. All those things he endured for you and for me that we might be saved, that we might call upon his name and be born again. He did it all for that purpose so that you could be saved. So when we look at this, we're here, we're going to pick up in uh, verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing like a sheep, a lamb before the slaughter. He answered nothing. When the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and said, thou sayest. Do you know the vocabulary that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ had? Do you know the arsenal of scripture and, and, and things that he could have quoted? Do you know that he could have quoted from Isaiah? He could have quoted from from the many, many prophets and prophecies that have been spoken about him. He could have tried to stand up and defend himself like he was in a courtroom, but he chose carefully and on purpose to say, thou sayest. The words that you say carry so much weight. As a born-again Christian, you carry death and life in your tongue as it says in uh, proverbs eighteen twenty one, it says you carry the uh, the power of death and life in your tongue and and um let's read it real quick i want to quote it to you correctly if my yes here it is this is uh proverbs eighteen twenty one. death and life are in the power of the tongue are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof you shall eat the fruit thereof. You have that power. And you, what, if you love to speak death and you enjoy that type thing, that's what you're going to draw to you. And that's what you're going to see as you walk this life out. You're going to see these things come to pass. If you love life and life more abundantly, if you love the plan that God has for you and that God has for the people that, that you interact with, they call it your circle of influence, those people, if you love them like Christ loves them, if you love them with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, like you love the Lord, like we stand up and testify, I love the Lord God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. If you truly love God like that, you would carefully allow Holy Spirit to direct, Holy Ghost to direct the words that you speak. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So as we look at what Jesus said back to the governor, as he said, are you the king of the Jews? And he said, thou sayest. A lot of times people think, well, wow, he's being really, um, belligerent or or you know kind of rude there but he was not he was saying you say that i am don't you believe the words that you say don't you are you're calling me up here to accuse me don't you believe what you're accusing me of right but he didn't say all that he just said thou sayest what we choose to do that let me let me see. Uh, Matthew again, Jesus speaking. Turn with me to Matthew chapter twelve. Matthew chapter twelve. There's so much around all these verses, so you could study all week long, going back and reading uh, the lead-ins and the story, the backstories to these verses that we're reading. Matthew twelve. We're going to pick up in uh, verse thirty-four. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out 
of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. It is out of the abundance of your heart, your very soul, that your mouth speaks. Your mind, your will, and emotions. That's where the words that come out of your mouth, that's where they come from. You can be in an intellectual discussion and you might discuss ideas and thoughts and maybe that's not coming directly from your soul, but it is influenced by your mind, your will, and emotions. Amen? The discussions you get into, the things that you speak, these are coming from your very soul. So when we, when you come under pressure, and can you be more under pressure than Jesus Christ himself on, the, on, on that day when he was standing before the governor? Anybody been under that kind of pressure? Anybody under the sign of my voice? <laughs> I don't think so. I know a lot of you are under a lot of pressure right now. There's a lot of stuff going on. But the Lord said, let me direct your footsteps. Let me direct the very words that you speak out of your mouth. Your mind, your will, and emotions should be submitted to Holy Ghost. We need to stop and take what we're beginning to call in our, our group here, we're beginning to call it a prayer breath. And that might sound silly, but in, in the th things that we're going through, uh, we're even teaching our little kids that when you're in school and you can't, your your mind begins to wander and you don't know what to do next, or maybe you're you're about to get in trouble, or maybe somebody's asking you to do something you shouldn't do and you don't know should I do it, should I not do it? My friends won't like me, my mom's going to spank me. What am I going supposed to do? And and you take that moment and take a deep breath. Doesn't have to be real deep, but just take a deep breath. It's good for you. And while you're breathing in and while you're breathing out, talk to the Lord. Father, what should I do? Lord, direct my footsteps. Give me favor with God and with man. Lord, Lord, show me and put the words in my mouth. Give me exactly what to do. And not everything, not every time is God going to give you a long, huge dissertation to stand up and tell somebody off. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, thou sayest. He could have told him off. Just before that, in verse chapter, um, was it 26? He said, he told him, don't you know I could call down a whole entire legion plus, 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 if I wanted to? Why do you come to me with a sword? He said, put the sword away. I'm going to do what the Father has already laid out to do. I'm laying my life down. I don't need you to come at me with a sword. Amen. That's what he said. And he said, don't you know I could call down a whole legion plus, a legion and more of angels? Don't we know as, as God's children, as born-again Christians, that, you, that God, God's got more than a legion of angels on your side? So why do we stand up and feel this, this, this you let the pressure get to you, and you feel like you've got to defend yourself? you got to stand up and say, well, you know what, blah, 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 blah. And if you treat me like that, I'm going to treat you like this. And I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I don't have to do this. You know what? I'm just going to turn my back and walk away. I'm not putting up with this. Jesus didn't turn his back and walk away. Amen. He took it all for you. And he carefully allowed the Holy Ghost to speak through him, to give answer. He did not defend himself. The Holy Ghost does the defending. You, the, you have the best lawyer and the best defense anybody ever had. Our president right now, our current reigning president, I don't know if that's reigning or holding office or whatever you call it, but the, the current president right now is calling his, has called in his lawyers and, and uh, uh, some of the best lawyers in the world, I think. I mean, you know, if any of us were to go to court, we'd be hard-pressed to get, what do they call it, um, the, 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 the defender, the public defender, we'd be doing good to get a public defender, right? But no, he's got, he's got, he's got world-class lawyers on his side. But I'm here to tell you, children of God, we have universal class defenders on our side. And above the angels is Jesus Christ ever making intercession for us. He is our defense. Amen. I've always said the word of God will speak for itself. You don't have to defend the word of God. It defends itself. It speaks for itself. The Holy Ghost speaks for himself. If you are a child of God and you're full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will defend himself. Stop fighting against flesh and blood. Amen? Amen. I'm going to take off myself up here. Put my little reader glasses back on. 
And he says in verse 35, this is Matthew 12, verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth evil things. Now to discern that you need the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you allow your emotions only to weigh these things out, if you try to weigh things out with um, what reasoning, you try to reason things out. Well, this person seems to be a good person. This person um, gives to the mm, such and such way, and this person gives to the, the 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 that most most high thing over there, and this person gives to support um, you know the whales. And so that you know I like whales. They like whales. We must be good people. No, that's not what we need to use for discernment. Amen. Holy Ghost discernment. Allow the Holy Ghost to lead you and guide you in all truth and all righteousness. He will tell you if this person before you is bringing forth evil treasure or good treasure. Just because it seems good doesn't make it good. Amen? On our, our website, which we're fixing to have to change up, our old website from uh, Navajo H2O, Faith Fishing Ministries, we, I started a blog. This was probably 12, 15 years ago on there. There's a place where you can put in a blog. There's one blog I think they've ever posted. I don't know if you, our bloggers ever posted on there. Did you? I don't remember. It's been a long time. But there's one on there called Night in Shining Armor. And, I, and um, that one is about how our young I'll just say young people, it was really directed towards young ladies, but how they run off and they have this great expectation of having a, a knight in shining armor come into their life. And he's going he's gonna to ride up on a, a white horse or a, a white Camaro or a, or a black Mustang, if I guess. You know, that he's going to be, you know, this knight in shining armor. He's going to come and save me, but that is not God's will. For you to put your hopes and dreams in a human is very, very dangerous. Your hope, your salvation, your rescue, your knight in shining armor is Jesus Christ himself. Amen? I don't even know what the blog says anymore, but I remember the title. <clears throat> Verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That's a heavy word right there. That's a heavy word from our Lord and the Savior telling us that every idle word, we will give an account for it. God's got all the time in the world, you know. How he say? He's got time to listen to every single one of us give account. That's why it's important. We have a close relationship with God. While we allow a close relationship with God, allow the Holy Ghost to speak through us and direct our, and, and even, you know, sometimes he'll say, no, don't say that. Amen. My um, my kids when they were little, that was kind of a thing. I guess I got it from my mama, and I'd say eh, eh, like that, and you make that one little sound. They knew. Don't touch it. Don't say it. Don't go that way. Whatever it was, you heard that sound. They knew, right? Some of my pets the same way. <laughs> we need to allow Holy Ghost. To say, uh -uh, don't do that, Shh, stop, back up, turn around, and allow the Holy Ghost to direct you. Sometimes you want to fight so bad to defend yourself, but are you more important than that person standing in front of you? Jesus was talking to this man who, was, who had the power to condemn him to death. He had the power to condemn him to death. But Jesus' concern was just as much for that man and all of humanity more than for himself. Amen? Because he knew if he tried to defend himself, he knew that if he tried to make, make a, a defense, that what would happen, that would change the course of time. Because he has the power of death and life in his mouth. Amen? He could have changed the course of everything and, and, and exonerated himself. How do they say it? recused recruit, himself from it, that he could have exonerated himself away from it and, and somebody else. That's a whole bunch of weird thinking right there because there's no other way but through Jesus Christ. He knew he had to make that decision and he had to allow Holy Ghost to temper his words properly. Amen? It is very, very, very important. In these days that we are in, it will become even more important. I truly believe that God spoke to us back in the spring, and he said, I have given you a Sabbath. 
And when he gives you a Sabbath, what do you do on the Sabbath? What do you do with a Sabbath, a, a high holy day, a separated set apart day or a separated set apart time? When God gives it to you, when he appoints it to you, you don't spend it doing the stuff that you want to do. You don't spend it trying to find ways to appease your flesh. Well, maybe I can save up a little bit more money and get this, you know, live streaming video coming into my home. Maybe, maybe I can save up a little bit more money and have, have one of those big, nice, fancy fireplaces over there. You know, we get these, uh, people are getting these, um, what do you call them? Relief checks, whatever they are. I didn't get one, but because I didn't get one. But anyway, so <laughs> they, people, I see people everywhere. Some of them are making really good decisions with the money that's coming in, and some are just making really fleshly decisions. They just want to go out and blow it, blow it, blow it, and have fun for the moment, and when it's gone, what are they going to do? We need to seek God. Now, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about for everything. If you're having trouble, and you know God knows what's going on, so he gave us this word for this morning. So God is speaking to you about what you speak. He is speaking to you about the power that's in your tongue. And so you need to heed what God is saying this morning. Get into his presence. He's, he's set this time apart. You have extra time, bonus time, to get into his presence, to seek his face, to hear from God, and to fine-tune your hearing. We need to fine-tune our hearing even more. Some of you think, well, I hear from God every day. Well, how about hear from God some more? Can you go wrong? No. Well, I heard from him this morning. I, I, there's a song that we used to sing. Um, I can't think of anything about it. Redeem, my Redeemer lives. And she, in the middle of the song, she said, I spoke with him this morning. Or, or he spoke to me. I don't remember. I spoke with him this morning. But we need to stop speaking so much and hear what he's saying back to us. Lots of times we come into his presence and we pour out, we pour out, we pour out, we cry, we cry, and we cry. And we might, we might, we might hear one word. But what would happen if we stayed a little longer and we hear that one word and we say, Lord, what does it mean? Lord, show me more. What would happen if we began to sit in his presence and not just soak in his presence? There's, a, you know, that's good. But he's not just calling us to come in to a time of quiet, peaceful moment in God's presence. There is peace and there is joy beyond everything. But he wants us to be coming in to be filled. Why was there a Sabbath? Why did, I'm getting off on the, another subject here, but y'all bear with me, that there's a reason why we have a Sabbath, and it was a Sabbath, originally the seventh day was for rest, right? Rest and rest, restoration, so that we come into his presence and we, we come to the house of God, or we, we get our family together before they even had temple, the, the, a temple built, they would get their families together, they wouldn't carry out the firewood for so, so many I think it was so many feet, you couldn't pick up the firewood and move it. You couldn't, you had to cook the food the night before. There were all these things so that all that whole entire day from sunset to sunrise would be open and free for God's attention, for us to put our attention on God. Amen? So if we're putting our attention more and more towards God, then when we go into his presence, as we like to say, is when you get into your prayer closet and you come into his presence, that you'll spend more time in there, not just soaking up the goodness of God, but hearing and working on your relationship with him and going into what an all-out warfare for our country, for our families, for our nations, for the world. Amen? We're at war, y'all. And many people are just walk, walking around saying, I'm bored. Uh, there's nothing to do. Uh, Christians shouldn't be bored. We should not be bored. There's always something to do. There's always somebody that needs to be prayed for. There's always a word. Amen? God is not silent. Verse 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. The words that you speak, see, Jesus turns it back around and makes it real personal. It's not just about everybody else. It's not just about the Lord God Almighty himself. It's about you too. You will be 
held accountable for the words that you speak, not just the idle words, but every word that you speak, you will be either justified or condemned. You choose. Jesus justified himself by saying, thou sayest. It was the most pure, the most righteous, the most upright thing he could do was to say two words, not defensive and not offensive, neutral almost. It was kind of offensive, but it was because he, you know, the guy said it out of his own mouth, right? So what's he going to do? When somebody says something out of their own mouth and it's true, you just say, well, you, you said so. Right? All right. Praise the Lord. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. And then I have one more uh, set of scripture for you. Let's turn to uh, James chapter 3, verse 6. What? Set of scriptures? No, it's just one more scripture. James chapter 3, verse 6. Most of us should know this, I would think. If you, if you come to Blue Water on a regular basis over the past couple of years, you, you probably know this verse pretty well. James chapter 3, verse 6. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. I don't think that's the word I was, one I was looking for. Huh? Yeah, where is that? What did, I, what did I just read? Oh, I'm in John, 1 John. Well, that's truth. Truth from 1 John right there, chapter 3. Thank you, Stone. I was like, what on earth? How'd I get that? Oh. Forgive me. I'm only human. <laughs> chapter 3 verse 6 a tongue and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell it can make everything dirty it can make everything wrong I, I venture to say that everybody under the sound of my voice, except for maybe the little children's, have said things in their, in their lifetime that they would, that they could take back. It's out there, and now you can't take it back. You got under pressure, you got, you got stressed out, you got angry, you got some kind of way, and something just spewed out of your mouth, and you're like, oh. And if you could draw a cartoon, you're trying to grab it and trying to pull it back, but you can't, and it's gone, and it's slipping out of your fingers, and it smacks to the other person's heart, and you see it on their face, and you're just like, oh, why did I say that? Why did I do this? You know, and now it's there. Now it's in their, in their mind. Now it's in their, their emotions, and now they have, a, have to deal with what are they going to do with it? How is it going to affect their will? Amen? Now that person has a choice to make. Now that person has to deal with, with your, your slackness, with your, your willingness to just let words fly out of your mouth. If we would spend more time in the presence of God and allowing and practicing, allowing God to direct the words that come out of our mouth, how much more victory would you begin to behold in your near future? If we would allow God to direct the words of our mouth, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth do what? <laughs> Silence. Yes, Lord. <laughs> I can't even think of myself. <laughs> that, that we allow the words and the meditation of our heart and the words of our mouth to be glorifying and praising him. Right? And I, I know I'm, you know, not that's not a direct quotation, but it's from the word that we need to direct our, our our thoughts need to be under subjection to what God has given us and what He is directing us and even speaking. Amen. Let let God direct your footsteps. Let God direct your your thoughts. Let God direct your words by the power and the direction of the Holy Ghost. He is the creative power. Now, when we think about that, and I'm going to. Uh, 
bring, bring this all together from Genesis all the way to right here in the book of James, that when you think about in the beginning, the Holy Ghost was there. The Holy Ghost was with God and God said, and Jesus, and, he, and G, God said, let us create man in our image. And the Holy Ghost was there. Holy Ghost is that creative power of God that when God picked up that soil, that dirt, and he began to shape and form the man called Adam, that the Holy Ghost was involved in, in that creating. When the earth was formed, it was without, without form and void. And the Holy Ghost came and he hovered over the firmament and over the waters and separated the earth from the, the, the sky and, the, and hovered over the waters and caused the, the earth, the, the, the continents to, to rise up out of the water. That God, the Holy Ghost, was there. And the Holy Ghost, he is that creative power that when you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost comes and he is the one that creates in you a new heart. He is the one that creates you into a new creature. And if you will receive it, if you will continue in the Lord from that point and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then he actually comes in. The Holy Ghost comes in and dwells in you and gives you and leads you and guides you in all truth and righteousness. And when he comes... It is evident that the Holy Ghost speaks through you in what we call tongues, in an unknown tongue. And that is the evidence that he has come in. But the Holy Ghost is that creative power, and he creates. So when you have the power of life and death in your tongue, that if you allow Holy Ghost to speak through you, then, when, then it will be intentional. Those words that come out will be intentional words. Now, I'm not going to tell you to go around, you know, speaking death to people, okay? Holy Ghost, he may give you a word that it might be somebody's last day and they need to repent. I've seen it. Amen? A person had no idea it was their last day. God, they came to a revival. God gave the man of God a word and said, if today, you know, today's your last chance. Somebody's here, it's your last chance. You need to repent. And the man repented and he died, what, three days later? And nobody knew he was going to die but God. Amen? So God knows everything. If we would allow the Holy Ghost to put those words in our mouth, then you can speak life because it wasn't, we might look at it and say, well, well, that, that, that preacher knew he was going to die. That preacher had no idea really what was going on. He just knew somebody's last chance. What he really did was speak life because when you become a Christian, you, you, you accept Jesus Christ, you, be, you receive life and life more abundantly, eternal life with Jesus Christ, not in hell. Amen. Praise God. So allow that creative power of the Holy Ghost to be the one that directs your tongue. The Bible, the Bible says, he said, uh, James said, who can control that unruly tongue, right? It's a, kind of a rhetorical question because there's only one that can truly control it, and that's the Holy Ghost. Amen? You can try within all yourself to, to practice um, good verbiage and practice proper English or proper whatever language you like to speak or that you pro you practice the verbs and the, 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 the pronouns and the conjunctions and the, what was that? We had so much trouble with it in Spanish. Conjugating verbs <laughs> that, that you, you know, that he would, you can try all that, but that's not the life of God. That is not the creative power of God. That is not what Jesus spoke. Jesus spoke clear, straightforward words that God gave him. He spoke what he heard the Father say. The words that you speak can make or break a life. He said that, he, that you have the power of, of death and of life in your tongue. You can make or break a life. We need to stop taking things so lightly and just think, well, you know what, I'm just going to say what I feel. I'm just going to tell you how I feel. Sometimes what you feel is not what that person needs to hear. Amen? Your children, most of the time, don't really need to know how you feel. They might need to know that you're upset, that you're disappointed, that you're really proud of them. They need to know that you, your heart is swelling with love for them, that you, that you see the situation that they're in, and you know they made a mistake, but that you love them, that you forgive them, that you're, gonna, that you're right there, that you're never going to willingly leave them, that you are with them, that they know that you feel love, unconditional love for them. 
like the Father feels unconditional love for you. If God were to call you up every morning and tell you how he feels, you're, you couldn't contain it. Amen? God, God has anger. Does God have anger issues? No. Some of y'all got anger issues. Do you need to submit them to God? Yes. Make an altar right there in your living room or beside your bed and give it to God. Amen? My father-in-law pulled his truck off the side of the interstate one time and made an altar on the highway. He got on his knees and heard from God on the side of the highway. It doesn't matter where you are. There's an altar. It's in your heart. Bow your heart to God and repent. Amen? Are y'all excited this morning? I like having a little audience, even though it's just a couple of you. There's so much scripture in this, in, in here, where James talks about the tongue being like a fire. And I, I want you to, to read it after, after the service, after you, after you pray and you close out your service this morning. Go back and read that maybe after lunch and, and get with your family. Talk about what the word of God says. I want you to think about what you truly believe is what comes out of your heart. What Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. What you truly, really believe comes out of your mouth. Amen. Think about that for a minute. And now, now, now rewind for a second. Just get real quiet. And rewind for a second the things that you've said this week. The things that your actions, the way that you've responded or reacted. Did you respond with love or did you react with anger? Did you respond with love and with passion and seeing that person's future impacted by the words that you say and your own future impacted by the words that you say? Or, or, or are you just living for that moment to, to just get let off a little steam? Who art thou, O oh man? Jesus, help us, Lord, to submit our mind, our will, and our emotions. Help us to submit our tongue to you, Lord. Jesus knew that how he answered could alter the course of time, and he knew that what he said had impact. And you need to understand that the words that you speak have impact, that you are impacting lives, you are impacting futures, you will impact other people's decisions and what Christ looks like because they're looking at you. You're the one that goes to church. You're the one that carries the Bible. You're the one with the Bible on your dash. You're the one with the cross hanging from your winch, your mirror. You're the one that wears the Christian t-shirts everywhere you go. You're the one that they're looking to that, that is that's saying, you are saying, I am a representative of Jesus Christ. Now we have a lot of examples of representatives in this world and they're not all good. Amen? Just because you say you're representative doesn't mean that you're representing, Right? We have a message somewhere called, Who Are You Repping? That's on here. I don't know if it's on here or if it's someplace else. We, we preach that message too. And so you, as a Christian, if you call yourself a Christian, then you should be representing Jesus Christ in all that you do. Your little ones, your family, your community, the school people that you interact with at school, the, if you're a parent and you're interacting with teachers and, and the higher-ups, the, the principals and stuff, the school board, the school board meeting, the chapter house leaders, the chapter meetings, the, the, if you go to the, up, up to Santa Fe and you talk to those people, it doesn't matter where you go, people know. They see that, that bumper sticker you got on your car. They see the t-shirt you're wearing. They see the cross around your neck. Everything you say and do represents and impacts how they perceive Christianity. There's something been going wrong for the past, I don't know how many years, of what, that, that people have the wrong idea of what Christianity is, what it means to be a Christian. That's why we went back into the book of Acts and, and spoke on the book of Acts for, day, for every Friday morning for, what, three months? Because we need to know how did the, the early church conduct themselves? How did they represent Christ? Solid, straightforward, never wavering, nothing backing down. They were straight up. They turned the world upside down. Are you turning your world upside down for Jesus Christ? Allow the Lord to direct the words that you speak. What is it that thou sayest? 
What is it that thou sayest this morning? Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this word. I thank you for your mercy and your grace towards us, God. And I thank you, God, that every word of God is true. Lord, we have been set set up this morning, God, to hear your word, to be set straight, to get on that straight and forward, forward path, Lord God, not looking back, never turning back, Father God. We will not back down. Lord, we submit ourselves to you this morning, God. Lord, help us to understand what it is to be a Christian and repent. Christians repent. Christians see the error of their ways and they turn from it. The Christians see that they have messed up and they get on the right track. That they say, Lord, help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear that voice. Help me to know the shepherd's voice and not hear another. Help me to always, always walk and be directed by your spirit. Lord, I want to hear your voice more. Lord, I want to know your voice more. I want the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart to be upon you, that they are pure, that they are holy. The words that come out of my mouth, Lord, let them be pure and holy. Let them be sanctified, that my household might be saved, Lord. Sanctify me again. Sanctify my words, my thoughts, my mind, will, and emotions, Lord. Have your will and your way in my life, Lord. In all the days of my life, I will glorify you, and I will dwell in your house forever, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.